Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we preview tonight's preseason game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, you just won't last. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. James, we've got our first preseason action coming up tonight as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in Pittsburgh to face off against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And of course, preseason means training camp training camp means camp battles and we've got some camp battles going on with the tampa bay buccaneers so what do you say we give the good people about five or so camp battles that we're looking forward to seeing take the field of play and seeing how they kind of work themselves out a little bit after week one absolutely absolutely and the number one camp battle on my list which is number one on a lot of people's list is the running back position you and I have been talking for a long time about how we are Peyton Barber guys we believe he is the number one guy we know Bruce Arians loves him but Ronald Jones has come on so strong in training camp and and during these practices that he may be able to to unseat Peyton Barber before the season even begins. So I'm really excited to see the utilization of the two of them. I know it's going to be limited, but it'll be interesting to see how they're used in the offense. You know, are are they both getting passing targets? Are they both getting opportunities, you know, in the running and the passing game? How is the pass blocking holding up? And then beyond that, you know, you have the the undrafted rookie in Bruce Anderson, who we've talked about quite a few times. He's fighting tooth and nail for a roster spot, but he's got a long climb ahead of him. He's he looks like the number five guy. You know, behind obviously Peyton and, and Jones and then Dare Agumbawale and Andre Ellington. I mean, those are those are the four right now. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see if Bruce can kind of emerge and have kind of a breakout uh debut for the Buccaneers to see how that entire position continues to shake out. Yeah, that'll be interesting an interesting battle to say the least to see unfold as training camp continues and then certainly in week one against Pete's Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'll tell you something I'm looking forward to seeing James. I don't know if I call it so much a battle anymore, but I'm looking to see if Alex Kappa, who has, I would say, by as of right now, by far kind of solidified himself as the favorite, the lone lead horse for that right guard, that starting right guard position there in Tampa Bay. I want to see if he can hold on to that because if Alex Kappa can come out, and I don't know how, many, how much action he's really going to get because right now he's going to be running with the ones. He's on the early depth chart as the starter, so you know he'll come out with the ones. But I'm interested, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with him. When the ones come off the field, when Jameis and Mike Evans sit down, what's going to happen with Alex Kappa? Because head coach Bruce Arians went on record as saying the young guys are going to get, I believe he said, 80% of the snaps out there. Alex Kappa is a young guy. He may be a starter right now, penciled in, but he's still a young guy, and I don't think he has cemented himself as the starter at that position. So I'm interested to see if he comes in, stays in with the twos, if he plays a little bit in the second half and, and how that goes and if, if the Buccaneers are interested in seeing how he stacks up, not just against the Pittsburgh Steelers starting defensive front, but how he stacks up against varying varying players because every single player brings a new trick 
Every single defensive player brings a new trait. So even though you're looking at the Steelers' second string defense, it could be a challenge that Alex Kappa hasn't faced yet, a type of player that Alex Kappa hasn't faced yet. And I'm interested to see just how much the Buccaneers throw their quote-unquote starting right guard out there this early in the preseason. Yeah, and for my next one, I'm going to stay on the offensive side of the ball. Give me wide receiver battles. We've talked about it on this show. We've talked about it with guests. But we have Burchard Perryman, Justin Watson, Anthony Johnson. Yeah, There's a whole lot of guys fighting for these, basically these final two uh, receiver spots. I mean, I don't think Perryman is, is on the bubble whatsoever. But you you have a lot of guys that are battling for these final two receiver spots, one of which is a draft pick in Scotty Miller, who's not even making the trip, which is is definitely not going to help him. I mean, I'm I'm rooting for Scotty Miller as much as anybody, and definitely rooting for him, um, you know, because of of the threat that he brings as far as his speed is concerned. But when you're dealing with a hamstring and you're a speed guy, you know, that's a, a recipe for disaster. So now he's got to miss the game. That's going to set him behind some of these other guys that are, are fighting for these jobs. So again, it'll be interesting to see the utilization of, of some of these players. Who are they lining up with? Are, are, you know, is, is Justin Watson or Anthony Johnson going to get an opportunity to take snaps with the first team on that on that first drive? Um, you know, who are going to be the primary targets with the with the second team? And then, of course, into the second half, you're looking at these bubble players who might emerge uh, as special teams guys. Which of these receivers are we going to see on special teams? Who's going to be on the punt unit? Who's going to be on on the kick unit? Um, so a lot of things to keep an eye on from from a wide receiver standpoint. And it's it's you know one of the toughest battles. I, I think we've listed the three toughest battles so far. You know to to make this team because it, it's certainly some stiff competition, uh, both at at running back and wide receiver. And then as you said, you know it's it's tough to uh, emerge as that starting right guard, which which Kappa has done a great job of so far. Yeah, and flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, just because we obviously can't forget them, that, that's kind of the biggest question mark of this entire team. I'm looking at the corners, and I want to know who the two outside cornerbacks are going to be on that first snap. Granted, it doesn't necessarily tell the whole story of who are going to be the two, two main outside corners when the season starts, but you got three people, Carlton Davis, Vernon Hargraves, and Sean Murphy Bunting all trying to be that outside cornerback. Sean Murphy Bunting recently was on the Salty Dogs podcast. They flat out asked him, they said, do you want to be an outside cornerback for this team? And he said, yes, that's what he's here to do. However, he said the right thing. He'll play wherever Todd Bowles wants him to play. He'll do whatever Todd Bowles wants him to do. But we know that Carlton Davis, Vernon Hargraves, and Sean Murphy Bunting are all going out there with the same goal in mind is that in week one, they are starting on the perimeter, guarding the perimeter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I want to see how these three guys come out how Todd Bowles moves them around, who's going to get the first crack at it, who's going to get uh, further cracks at it. And again, going back to that young player comment from Bruce Arians, are Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting going to get a little bit more playing time because they are a little bit younger? And is Vernon Hargraves going to get a little bit less playing time, especially given his injury history? The Buccaneers might choose to play it a little bit more conservative with him. And finally, to wrap it up, bring me the kickers. One of the most intriguing battles that we've seen so far has been the one between veteran Cairo Santos and rookie draft pick Matt Gay. And neither one of these guys are budging. They have both been absolutely phenomenal in camp. Matt Gay looks like he could set the NFL record for the longest field goal 
if he gets the opportunity to play in a regular season game, but Santos isn't making it easy on him. I know that they've done kind of an every other day in camp. One day is Santos day. One day is gay day, but how are they going to split it in the preseason game? Are they both going to get an opportunity tonight or is it going to be all Santos or is it going to be all Matt Gay? One would think that they might split it in halves. Let, let Cairo, who was listed as, as the starter on the depth chart, let Cairo play the first two quarters, then let Matt Gay cover quarters three and four. I'm really interested to see how this plays out because I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm rooting really hard for Matt Gay. This kid He's he's phenomenal, and I don't think I've ever seen a leg as powerful as his. I know it's not the sexiest battle, the Buccaneers. This might be the most important battle on the entire team because how many games has this team lost because of missed extra points? Shout out, can't kick and Zaro, and and missed field goals. This is a position they have to get right, and this battle is is everything. So I'm I'm really excited to see how that really starts to play itself out. All right. Yeah. So some good battles to watch. Obviously, we know the players that aren't going to make the trip. And it's really disappointing yeah. to not have Levante David out there, to not have Vita Vea out there, you know, to to, to not have Scotty Miller. Um, I know Bailey Adams is excited that Scotty Miller is not playing. Um <laughs> not even on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Bailey. I know you're listening. Um, you know, and, and on the other side, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's not playing, you know, it's, it's again, it's the first preseason game. So what I'm mostly looking for in this game is the battles that you and I have already talked about, but kind of the, I want to see the timing. I want to see, you know, these slight improvements. I want to see. And, and I know it's so hard in preseason because we want to get so excited that football is here, but we have to remember the preseason is a very vanilla game. So we're not going to see crazy blitz concepts. We're not going to see, you know, these really thorough and, and, and really complicated passing plays. But I so want to see. you don't see, think we're going to see no huddle offense on the first drive of the game? Shout out Browns. God, I love the Browns. No huddle drive to start the game it was incredible but what i do want to see is i want to see the simple things i want to see press man coverage i want to see a commitment to the run game i want to see bruce arians or i guess i want to see byron Leftwich take a shot early because these are the kind of little things that we're going to see throughout the season it doesn't have to be you know, uh, an amazing explosive play. But what I do want to see is kind of that pattern. I want to see that they're committed to some of these things. So that's really what I'm, what I'm looking for. And, and as far as defensively, I'm looking for the speed. I'm looking for, like I said, the press man coverage. I'm looking for pressure on the quarterback. I'm, I'm definitely looking at Devin white, but I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm out here looking for the little things. Are they doing the little things? Well, because this is not something that they're game planning for. This is not something that they're studying film for. This is as basic as it's going to get in the NFL. So I'm not worried about the final score, but are they doing the fundamental things properly? Do they look like a well-coached team? That's really all I'm focused on. Yeah. I mean, I think basically what you're, what you're hitting on is a mentality thing. Uh, you know, coach Aaron hates the word culture, but it's, it's a word that's commonly used. 
in the NFL in a lot of professions about these types of things. And really, it's just the mentality of the team. Is this team really going to represent what its head coach represents? Because Bruce Arians is known, has been known throughout his entire career as a no-nonsense lineup, and I'm going to beat you because I'm better than you uh, type of guy. He's he's a guy who's going to outsmart you while making you work to outsmart him more than he needs to work to outsmart you. And that's how his offense works. That's how his defense works. So a lot of those things that you talked about, you know what I mean? Taking those shots, but taking the smart shots. Uh, Byron Leftwich has kind of talked about that already. It's not so much about getting Jameis Winston, you know, maybe more accurate on a deep ball, but it's more about getting Jameis Winston to understand when the right time is to unleash that deep ball and when the right time is to hit that short or intermediate route. So in in essence, that's kind of the, this it's kind of the same thing. That's really all I think we can glean out of the first week. And then we have some of those battles like we talked about, like guys like Alex Kappa, who it's great when you're on your own practice facility, when you're in your own practice facility playing against your teammates, uh, playing against guys that you're going to walk into the same locker room with when everything is said and done. It's a totally different story when you're going up out or going out there against a guy wearing a different uniform who may not even know who you are, who doesn't care who you are at the end of the day because him making your career better is going to make his career worse. And he's not out there interested in whether or not you make the team. He's out there only to look and make sure that he makes the Steelers team. Um, so I think that's kind of something. But again, a lot of that goes back to mentality. Uh, defensively, I mean, you said it a lot. You know, if, if they're playing fast, if they're playing hard, if they're playing man coverage, if they're playing press, again, it comes back to the culture of the team. You know, Tom Todd Bowles preaches aggressiveness. Uh, Coach Arians, he he preaches aggressiveness. We've heard player after player after player after player come out and talk about how aggressive this scheme is, how aggressive this team is, how the secondary really gets after it, how they get after the ball, how the linebackers get after the ball carrier, blitz packages, all that. We're not going to see the whole package. We're not going to see the entire playbook. That's not what you come expecting for. But what Buccaneers fans should see is a very different mentality on the field in this version of the Buccaneers, even in the preseason, versus what they saw over the last three years. Yeah, and that's definitely definitely something to to keep an eye on. Now, when we when we take a look at at the way this game is kind of structured, we all kind of know how these preseason games are laid out. The first game is it's the first game. By the second game, the the starters are playing into the second quarter. The third game, the starters are playing into the second half. Fourth game, the starters are all hanging out in shorts and t-shirts and sleeveless hoodies. When you take a look at guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, uh, Indomic and Sue, Devin White, you, know, you you look at some of these, and obviously Jameis. I think that kind of goes without saying. How how much play time do you think they're actually going to get tonight, David? So your 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 star players who are not rookies. I don't expect them to get more than one series. I don't expect to see James Winston in there for more than one series. I don't expect to see Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, OJ Howard in there for more than one series. And Dominican Sue, uh, same thing. Honestly, I don't know, man. And Dominican Sue, like with what happened with Vita Vea, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't even play. Yeah. Uh, but Devin White, I feel like we're going to get a quarter out of Devin White. I feel like you're going to get a full quarter out of Devin White. I feel like Bruce even- Aaron is going to want to keep him on the field. I could be wrong, and I wouldn't be angry if I am wrong. I just feel like, I, I don't know, my gut just says that Devin White's going to play more than the rest of the starters will because he's not a veteran. He, he is a guy. I know he's done well and, and all that, but 
Todd Bowles has said it himself. The important, the most important thing about this defense is communication, is understanding what's happening, understanding where everybody is going to be, understanding everybody's assignment and your own assignment. Devin White's the quarterback. Devin White needs to get as much practice as he can calling those signals, making those adjustments, putting his teammates in the right place to be successful. And at the end of the day, you can judge his success rate at doing that, whether or not Levante Davis is on the field with him, whether or not, you know, Indomitian Sue is on the field in front of him, whether or not Mike Edwards is on the field behind him. Because at the end of the day, the execution part after the ball snaps isn't on Devin White. Having them in the right place, having them with the right assignment, having them with the right call is on Devin White. If Devin White calls a coverage adjustment to the secondary that requires the safety to do something different than they were originally supposed to do, and the safety doesn't understand it and does the wrong thing, that's not on Devin White in, in this situation. That's on that safety. What we're focused on is, did Devin White put them in the right position? And you kind of look back at some of the stuff that we've learned with Quan Alexander uh, a little bit since he's left about the whole not quite understanding some of the calls and the way that he was calling them and maybe some of the language he was using. If Devin White can communicate to all three tiers of his teammates, then you don't have to worry about Devin White as a quarterback of your defense. But if Devin White can only communicate to the first string guys, because those are the guys who know him, those are the guys who are comfortable with him, those are the guys he's comfortable with. If he can only communicate with those guys and Levante David goes down for the season, we might have a problem. When Kevin Minter steps up or Dayon Buchanan steps up because and I know Dayon Buchanan is starting in place of Levante this week, so that kind of negates what I'm about to say about that part. But any of those, any of those positions, cornerback goes down, and a guy comes in who never played with Devin in live action in the preseason because we don't want to risk getting Devin hurt. That could cause problems. That could cause familiarity problems. That could cause communication problems. And as a rookie, I know he's he's expected to be kind of above the power curve a little bit. I got it, but I would just be a little bit worried that. He's not getting that. I don't know if I'm, if I'm putting this the right way. I want to give him as much opportunity to communicate what the defense needs to do to as many different people as possible because it opens up the door, honestly, for his communication to fail as much as possible. Because if his communication fails with this guy, we can figure out, okay, Devin, why didn't this guy understand what you said? Well, here's why. Whatever it is. Okay, let's learn to hone that. Let's learn to tweak that. How can we make that better? Good. And it just makes him an overall better quarterback for the defense, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. And then honestly, it's an aspect that I hadn't really thought about. My thought process, as far as Devin White was concerned, was Levante's already out. Are they going to risk leaving Devin White in there more than what is absolutely necessary? But when you start talking about communicating and, and trying to relay the message from Todd Bowles to the rest of your defense, you know, it is necessary to have him out there. And we've already seen, thanks to Evan Winter leaving the city of Tampa and, and <laughs> you know, making sure that every Buccaneer was healthy when he left. And now they're all dropping like flies. Injuries happen. You have to be able to communicate to all these different people who you're not out there with all the time. Devin White's going to be out there with about. 10 to 13 other guys on a pretty regular basis. But what happens when three of those guys go down? Now you're having to talk to these guys who are coming in next man up, filling in at, at these starting spots, and they have to be able to understand. They have to be able to use get used to Devin White being the man who is telling them what they need to do. Yeah, definitely, and that's just kind of my train of thought. I mean, the the injury stuff obviously is a big concern, and you 
You know, I mean, it, it's going to happen. Well, I'm not saying it's going to happen with Devin, but it's going to happen somewhere in the NFL. You know, somebody's going to play a third series, going to get hurt, and the, and the fan base, the media is going to say, well, they should have pulled him after the second series. Well, that's fantastic as hindsight. You know what I mean? Um, Vita Vey, I mean, you could sit here and say, well, maybe Vita Vea didn't need to go one-on-one with Alex Kappa that day, and maybe he wouldn't be hurt right now. Okay, fantastic. But guess what? It already happened. So the high, the, the lens of hindsight is always going to be perfect. What, and I, and I kind of look back to a little bit of what Bruce has already talked about, about coaching scared or playing scared. Pulling Levante Dave, or pulling Levante, pulling Devin White off the field after, say, one series because you're nervous about getting him hurt. To me, when you're talking about a rookie who, again, is going to quarterback your defense, to me, that's coaching scared. To me, that's coaching not to lose instead of coaching to win. If you're going to coach to win, your guy need, and he can't do it from the sideline. Like mental reps are important. Mental reps are valuable. Don't get me wrong. But you can't be on the sideline pretending to communicate coverages and adjustments and know if you're going to communicate successfully. That's just that's kind of the way I look at it. I don't know if that's how this coaching staff looks at it. You know what I mean? And uh, this coach, coach, I mean, you can flip it right back around. Like if I sat down with Todd Bowles and said, bro, you should have kept him in longer in the first drive because now you're coaching scared, trying not to get him hurt. He could look at me and say, no, you're coaching scared because you don't trust your guy to communicate. I'm like, oh, oh, snap. You got me. <laughs> you got me, Todd. You know what I mean? So it's really just a mentality thing. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, if if Devin White plays, you know, three plays and the Bucks defense is three and out and you don't see him again, I'm not going to get angry about it, you know, because that means Devin's going to be healthy when they come back to Tampa on Friday, uh, Friday night. And when they get back to practice on Sunday, that means I'm going to be able to see Devin White trot out onto the field and do his thing. And that's going to make me happy. But I could see Devin White playing, I would say, up to a full quarter for that reason alone to get him live competition, live action, uh, adjusting to an offense that he hasn't seen all week. He hasn't seen in OTAs, adjusting to an offense, a quarterback that he doesn't know. Uh, even, you know, uh, bet you said Ben Roethlisberger's not playing. So who's starting? Oh you know? gosh, I don't even know. Off the Mason top Rudolph, like Josh Dobbs. You know what I mean? I don't even know. It Josh might be Dobbs. Is still in the NFL, but no matter who it is, I promise you, Devin White probably hasn't studied this quarterback a lot. So getting him out there against quarterbacks that he doesn't know, getting him out there against offenses that he he hasn't played against yet, and seeing and seeing how he runs this defense against that is valuable to me. So so that's just kind of where I'm coming from with the Devin White thing. But let me let me ask you this though. So we, you and I have talked about this, and I talked about it a little bit with Evan, uh, referring to when Gil was at training camp the other day. Um, Scotty Miller, obviously, he's injured, and you and you hate to hold that against the guy. But I mean, even before he got injured, we really haven't heard a lot about him making a lot of splash plays in training camp. And I know it's you know not everybody's solid practices turn into you know hype filled videos on Twitter and all that, and the social media age kind of skews what we see and the value we put in everything. But on the flip side of that, guys like Anthony Johnson and Justin Watson have been making some of those Twitter splash plays and have been getting some of that attention. So it's not just that people aren't paying attention to the wide receivers. It's that plainly, I mean, honestly, even before Scotty tweaked his hamstring, these other receivers are making more plays. Do you feel like this is an opportunity for guys like Anthony Johnson to really come out there and kind of put Scotty Miller a little bit behind the power curve or put behind the eight ball a little bit. Oh, no doubt at all. No doubt at all. Because what's the best ability, David? Availability. And if you're not... Retainability. Okay, that works too. <laughs> <laughs> but if 
if you're not out there, especially when you're a rookie, you know, I, and I understand they spent draft capital on you and, and that should give you a, a leg up, you know, no pun intended. But we've also seen with this team with draft picks like Kenny Bell, Kalen Clay, you know, they the, who was the the guy that everyone wanted to compare to uh, to Mike Allstott? Ended up playing for the Browns. Oh, uh, Danny Vitale. Vitale, thank you. Yeah, Danny Vitale. This team has absolutely no problem cutting third day draft picks. If they have an undrafted free agent, especially one like Anthony Johnson that that was projected to be a mid round pick, they have no problem cutting you and moving on for a better player. So, Scotty Miller not being out there and and Anthony Johnson getting his time to shine, that's bad news for Scotty Miller. That means he is. He's really got to ramp it up, which also worries me for him because is he going to come back a little too early and then go a little too hard and really destroy the rest of of his potential season by making that hamstring injury even worse because he knows how much he's fighting for a spot, you know, so... It's it's definitely an, an interesting battle to to keep an eye on. That's why it was one of the ones that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. And and everyone knows how much I love Scotty Miller. But you're right. I mean, we haven't heard a lot about him, and that's because these other guys are out there making making some big plays. And David, I know we're up against the clock, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a question your way, and that is, you know, one of the other battles that that I mentioned. You know, we're not gonna see much out of Peyton Barber. I don't think. We may not see much out of Ronald Jones, but how? Who do you think leaves tomorrow night's game as the feature back? Who's going to mm-hmm. be the guy that we get to see the most? Is it going to be Dare? Is it going to be Ellington? Is it going to be? Is Bruce Anderson going to get his shot and, and really take the bull by the horns? Oh, so just just Friday night, like who's yes. the who's the lead back Friday night when all is said and done? Yes, Dario Gumbuale. You're I'm, a big Dari guy. I'm so excited for Dari. Like I want this dude <laughs> to shut Heinz Field down. I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah. I don't think I like him as much as you do, but I I do like Dari. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I hope he balls right. out. Three quarters what? of greatness. Three quarters of greatness. Wow. All right. All right. I'm gonna hold you to that. <laughs> All right, David. Anything else before we let these fine folks go here on a Buccaneers game day? No, I'm just I'm just excited for it to be game day. That's that's pretty much it. All right. Well, we will have you well covered over at BucksNation.com. I promise you that. Please make sure you're checking out everything that we're doing on Twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks at dh82 underscore bucks and at bucks underscore nation. If you cannot watch the game, it is on NFL Network. So if you have the NFL network, the game is live on NFL Network, but if for some reason you can't watch, I will be tweeting about it from the Bucks Nation account so you can keep up there. Make sure you're sending in your, David, we haven't had these in a long time, reaction voicemails to 813-444-5841. And before we get out of here, a public service announcement, please be smart football fans. Do not overreact to anything you see in the first preseason game. It is a vanilla game. It is a basic game. The results of tonight are not indicative of how the season is going to go. Good or bad, don't overreact. 
Hope you all have an incredible weekend. Enjoy the game tonight, and thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks. This is how we do it. It's Friday night, and I feel alright. The party's here on the west side, so I reach for my 40 and I turn it up. Designated driver, take the keys to my truck. Hit the shop, cause I'm faded. Honey's in the streets, say money, yo, we made it. 